Hello Broncos fans and welcome to the round three preview episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How are you doing, Simo? Yeah, not too bad. How about yourself? You're feeling disingenuous, mate. Having uh, like round three preview episode as if we didn't just skip like seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked about doing podcasts. We did do some podcasts, but uh, yeah. People are, people are used to this. We're not even going to apologise. People know what this podcast is. We're here sometimes. We're not here others. Somehow people keep listening, but we're here now. <laughs> we're back. The footy's back. Um, and I'm feeling all right. Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm feeling all right. The, uh, I'm not going to give everyone my terrible coronavirus takes or my uh, self-isolation stories, but I'm, I, have, I have a two-day hangover, and it feels good to be back. Two-day hangover is it's a solid effort. I reckon the missus is going to have it tomorrow still, mate. She's like holed up in bed now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can't say I've had a hangover that long before. Well, mate, we went out We went out Saturday and it was kind of like we'd forgotten the consequences of drinking. You know, it's like it's been so long since we, were, you know, went out to a pub or whatever. We went out with, um, with our good friends Tom and Susie, had um, pub lunch in Erskineville. And pub lunch, and there's like 10 people in the pub. It's the best service I've ever had at the pub in my life because like you're the only people they can serve. And also they want you to get out really quickly. Yeah. So it's like they're asking you if you want another beer like every five minutes. It's the dream. <laughs> the food was so quick. I ordered, went to the bathroom. I ordered a steak, right? I ordered, ordered another beer, went to the bathroom, came back, and this, it was on my, it was, my food was ready. I was like, how, That's worrying. Was like, you know, I don't know. I was like, how did that happen? I don't know. But that happened, and you know, we had a few drinks there. The missus had three margaritas, which usually would be her whole night, but she had them. I had a few too many beers. And then we finish up, and it's only been like an hour and a half, but Tom and Susie are like, do you want to come back to our house? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll come back to your house. Because it had been like so long since, you know, we've been gone out, actually gone out, I had zero cares about the next day. If you get me, sometimes you go out, like, oh, I better make sure I don't do this because I have, you know, plans midday tomorrow or whatever. None of that happened. It was bad. <laughs> Just uh, homemade margaritas and regret is what, what what we had. Yeah, we ended um, we had months back we were going to go over to Keppel Island, a whole heap of us, and just spend the whole weekend on the beach drinking beers and that. But well, obviously that didn't really happen, and also it was just raining all weekend. But we caught up a few of us, caught up, had a few beers, but yeah, just pretty much sat by myself drinking like every other weekend that's a dream mate that is a dream but yeah we, we i've i've not not enjoyed you know iso I, i've had some fun by myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot a lot of old footy games a lot of beer it's not been too bad that's it's it's what i haven't it's the weekends mate or the one day a week you want to go out that's not there that was what i was missing I, the rest of the time it's, it's going okay there's no footy and they're not having the option of going out that's like was the struggle the rest of it's pretty good yeah, I'm from Rockhampton. It's not really an option at the best of times going out. <laughs> yeah, very true. I guess it's a bit different for yourself, but um, anyway, I've I've enjoyed that. But we're back now. Footy's back. Broncos Weekly's back for however long till we don't turn up again. Don't don't hold us to anything. <laughs> but um, 
And we thought we'd do a bit different this, today. I know it's been a while since we recorded, so we're just going to answer. We've got some questions. We'll go through the questions first. Because they'll probably cover off the news items anyway. Go through the questions first. And then we'll do a bit of a whatever preview we can do since it's Monday and the game's teamless the name tomorrow, but we have to record tonight. So we'll do whatever preview we can do. And that'll be. Oh, and we're still going to recommend things, I think. I think Simo has something. I have something. I got three. You got three now. That was quick. <laughs> yeah, well, I came out with a few. Okay, good. Um, Get out with you. Yeah, so, so we, we got a couple there. So anyway, let's start with questions. And you, you got them, Simo. Um, I see. I even knew we were starting with questions, and I still. I even uh, saw you log in from your browser on my phone. I got the notification that, uh, that you logged in. <laughs> uh, okay, radio. Uh, this is start on Facebook from David Ryland. He says, oh my gosh, it's on this Thursday. Can't wait. I've been watching the first two games over and over for some measure of sanity. Aren't you glad Mac has moved on? It's such a shame to see a great club man lose his edge. Hopefully the new club will inspire him. But then again, it's Newcastle. This is a great starting point. It There's is. so much to unpack here. <laughs> I like the fact that he claimed that rewatching the first two games on repeat was how he maintained sanity. Because <laughs> that's not sanity, David, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going back to like 2015, 2000 Broncos. Yeah, that's a bit different, but I couldn't be watching this, you know, round ones and twos of 2020 on repeat. Yeah, I try to avoid this current Seabold team as much as I can. Even though but... those games were good. Um... But yeah, on Macca, I mean, I'm just over the moon. I just hope he doesn't come back. That's it. Um, we just don't want to repeat a Kahu, but I'm more than happy for him to go and give slow service to Mitchell Pearce and Kalen Bonger. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, it's pretty similar to Jaden Braley, you know, to, to be fair. Jaden Braley's ceiling is being Andrew McCulloch. That's who he wishes he was. 40 tackles, no tries, you know, 40 tackles a game, zero tries, all season. Match made in heaven. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things, mate, like, he might come back next year. You know, people, like some people were trying to laugh at us. Like, oh, look, someone's leaving your club for less money or something to have an opportunity elsewhere. It's like, I don't care what the hell happened. Yeah. I just care that he's not in our jersey probably ever again. I don't care who, who's paying. I don't care if we're paying every last cent of his contract. It's not money out of my goddamn pocket. I just didn't want him on the field anymore. It's addition by subtraction to have Turpin on the field and not him. Like, if, you, if you're still paying his money for him to play elsewhere, you know... I'd much rather pay him to sit on the bench. That's it. 100%. Like, McCulloch, you know, the, t- the word is that Turpin's going to get runs at playing 80 minutes now. And even in that current role, McCulloch coming on at the end of the games was already terrible. We were already sick of it, and it had been two weeks. We were sick of him in the club anyway, and he's gone to Newey. We know he's only been released from this year, his contract. But Channel 7 reported tonight anyway, Chris Gary reported on Channel 7, that the Bulldogs are trying to get him for next year, which is goddamn hilarious why... They're going to be, like they're already trying to get a guy who's just moved clubs for next year. They could have had him already, but anyway, Bulldogs trying to get him. It sounds like he's not coming back. And some of his quotes made it sound like he's one of those guys that he's happy to not take the bigger paycheck next year to have a longer career. It's, what one of his quotes was, "What did he say?" I've got it here in front of me. He said he would have, would have been dirty himself if he prioritised a comfortable paycheck in Brisbane over the chance to get regular game time. Yeah, well, you know, good for him. Good for us. It's a win all around. That's it. So it sounds very... He said he could have sat in Brisbane and been content, but the challenge to come down and play footy under a new coach and a new team is exciting. And, it, yeah, it just says, you know, he wants opportunity further than the next year. It seems a bit different to the Kahu one. Like, Kahu was a bit weird because we didn't even know that, you know, he could have had the option to come back. It was, but it seemed like he was doing everything he could to find a deal that would beat the Broncos' money then taking the Broncos' money, whereas it sounds like McCulloch is just trying to find somewhere that will take him for longer. Yeah. 
It's good. Uh, right here. Uh, next question from Paul Weatherson. Uh, welcome back, guys. Volandi is talking about crowds later in the year. This may be okay with minimal crowds in New South Wales, but the Suncorp crowd for Broncos goes over 50% of the crowd capacity anyway. Thinking of social distancing, there is no way of just letting club members in would work. What's your thoughts? There is some pride to play for in this game. I hope the gaps could be filled with the last game against the Eels. Can Terps do full 80 minutes at hooker? Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Can we go piece by piece? So what was the first question? <laughs> Rightio. Um, about crowds uh, with social distancing. Like, There's too many members, really, to f- to, if you let them all in. For Suncorp, how would you make it work with smaller crowds? Like this is one of those questions. Hey, like I just like I'm I'm not a scientist, you know. I'm surprisingly <laughs> I'm not. And um, we've all been outside now. We all know that no one is ever, no one is adhering to that social distancing ever anywhere. And to make it work at Suncorp though, if it's a, if it's a membership thing, it'd probably be like, you know, either the highest end of members or you do like a rotational thing. Like, yeah, you probably just have to do a rotational sort of Like the members deal. have to like put their hand up for a game they want to go to and when we figure it out that way kind of thing. And you just cap it at like 10,000 or whatever they decided. Yeah, no, and I know. And I mean, I don't know how they do it again because family groups are allowed to be together. So it might be why they figure out, you know, they can put family groups together, then put the distance between people. They might get more in kind of working like that with members and families and similar. But I, I don't know. That's a logistical question that... I'm glad I don't have to deal with that kind of thing myself because it already already is driving my brain insane thinking of like, hey, put four people there, but then leave like seven seats back diagonally and then like this way, then put people, I don't I don't get it. And then as we all know, that all happens, but then someone, you'll stand next to someone in the line for a beer anyway. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like someone else's problem. It does. Can <laughs> uh, Turpin play full 80 minutes at hooker? Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, he has done it at a reserve grade level and we do want to go back to carrying three forwards on the bench and a utility. And I'm happy for him to have that crack for him to do that. It's in a situation where I'm, I'm interested to who would go into hooker if Turpin got injured. I'm guessing it would be Alex Glenn would go there. Um, whatever. But I think he can handle 80 minutes there. And, you know, he won't be any worse than McCulloch's last 30. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I don't think... I think I could probably play do better service than McCulloch for 30 minutes. So. <laughs> um, right, yeah, from Thomas Mangan here, he said, Seebs is making some really good calls at the moment, I think. Mac has moved on, told Tessie New he will get game time soon to stop him being poached. Most positions have other players putting pressure on them with there's injuries and suspensions preventing guys missing out at the moment. Team is looking better than it has in years. Premiership slash dynasty is coming soon. Are you guys on the Seebs train yet or do you, or, and do you see the dynasty coming? <laughs> I'm not on the Seabs train yet. I'm not on um, it. There, I forget the stat exactly. I don't know if you remember it. Well, there's a stat you had last year about, like, basically in all sport. There's not very often where a coach comes in and is just, like, terrible in their first year and then, like, the year after they're good and then the year after they're great. And, like, usually, like, if someone comes in and they're a great coach and a great fit and it's going to work, like, you can see signs of it in the first year. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm still not on board because he has made a lot of decisions that like make sense to me, but he's also made a lot of really dumb decisions and also half the decisions that make sense he like falls into like ass backwards. Yeah. Like, so I'm this. not, <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm like, 
you get it at the end, you're like, yeah, cool, that's a great decision and we're happy with where we've ended up, but I'm not sure that he's been smart enough to figure that out. And then, like, also remember, he, who are they? Matt Lodge told him to play Jack Bird at fullback and he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. It's like, who's listening to Matt Lodge? Like, uh-huh. unless you've locked yourself out of your house, don't go to Matt Lodge for advice. Yeah, I mean, it's like, because, just because, like, again, he can make okay decisions and not, he can be, he can be a mediocre coach, right? He might, he might be mediocre, but I don't think he's great. It's just this weird thing of like, makes a few good decisions mean you have to all of a sudden be like massively team Seabold. It's like, he lost my trust so much last year that it's going to be more than a couple of okay decisions for me to get behind him. It's like, yes, he's punting McCulloch now, but he was used, the last time we were out on the, we played, he was using Andrew McCulloch still. You know, yeah. I don't know the gap between like being out of the club and, you know, being out of favour is like being on the bench. It's like, you know, we're still playing Darius Boyd in the centres. As you said, Asako still wasn't the first choice fullback. Jack Bird was still going to be the first choice fullback. It's more than a couple of good decisions that will, will make me come around on him. And again, we know all these recruitment decisions, retention decisions that aren't all his. Anyway, we know how this works. And it's been great that he's got rid of McCull- like McCulloch and, and uh, Shibasaki are gone as well. But I'm not going to hail some, a guy as some genius that like, he moved to a club that had Andrew Fafita, sorry, David Fafita, Payne Haas already there, Turpin. All these guys are already there. They just... You know, he didn't do anything to, to replace those guys. We happen to have talent there already. It wasn't like he came in and he's done this huge rebuild or, or a reshuffle of the squad or everything else is already done for him. Yeah, I guess if you're talking about recruitment, for him, you're just really wanting to see how Brody Croft and Jesse Arthurs go, but I don't have a whole heap of hope in either of those two. Yeah, I mean, they both, look, uh, both looked okay in their first, their first two games, but we'll see. Just like, it's going to take more than... It, Round one, one and two, and a couple of decent decisions for me to jump around and, and get behind Seabold. Because again, we got rid of again. People were happy Shibasaki got let go, but who was playing him all last year before he got let go? Yeah, and on, like on Arthur's and Croft, I just think their ceiling is like solid first grader. Like yeah. I think that's that's their ceiling, and like buying solid first graders to like fill out your bench and stuff is what like Nathan Brown was doing at the Knights. Like buying depth players to make his like current players stay the starters. Like you're not going to get better by doing that. You get better by being buying people like Milford and getting those seasons out of him that like Wayne did at the start. Obviously, is you know they're the kind of people I see you want to buy. Yeah, but and the other thing as well, like you're talking about that. I'm so again, I'm sick of all the garbage chat, and it's not all his fault that it gets put out there. But like, for example, this rotational policy that was announced a few days ago. And the whole thing, how he has his blinkers on and acts like he's the first person to do these things in rugby league. It's like, he's going, oh yeah, you know, I went on this worldwide search and I watched M- Munster was the team he came, ended up coming down and saying he was watching. Munster in Ireland is where, where he got the uh, rotation policy idea from. Almost as if the two best teams in the competition haven't been doing that for the last 10, di- 10 years. Like, the Roosters literally re- rested Boyd Corn around one and around two and we're going to claim that we invented rotation in rugby league. <laughs> okay. And then it might not even happen. The thing was it today, Simo. It was like, he might not even do that anymore now. He's done more research and he's changed his mind. Yeah, because you rest your best players and you lose the first two games of the season, Roosters. Yeah, but it's just like, that's the stuff I can't get behind. It. And that's not all his fault, but I can't get my head around this acting like he's the world's greatest thinker for, I don't know, based on what? Watch some games of Munster. Yeah, I mean, when you've got to go watch Munster, you know, when you've got a chance, you've got to take that. Yeah, and I mean... All in all, I'll get like you know, get, I'll get behind Seabold. Results keep coming, pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a win-win for me, really. You're either right or you, the Broncos are winning. So. And I am loving the Tessie Newey stuff. I'm a big Tessie guy, so I'm happy he'd be getting into the top 30, apparently. We haven't really got that confirmed yet, but the top 30 might be going into with uh, McCulloch moving on. Uh, from Jaden Edmonds, he says, Mitch, what are your tips for this round, please? Oh, God, I've forgotten. Oh, before I saw this one, I've forgotten that I was uh, 8 from 8. Sorry, 16 from 16. But I'm not the only person who'd, who'd be doing that well. Let's have a look here. Well, obviously, the Broncos. Cowboys over the Titans. I don't know the team list yet, but the rumours of the Titans playing Tyne Roberts at fullback already and then also giving getting Ash Taylor in the 60, you know, just let him run more. I'm like, Jesus, I thought Holbrook would be good. I'm already scared that he's another Garth he's, Brennan. He's cooked already. Yeah. Just going to get Tyron Roberts at one and Ash Taylor just running the ball. Never been a ball runner, but whatever. Uh, Roosters, Rabbitohs. I'm going to go the, the Chooks because of Cody Walker's absence. Warriors, Dragons. Uh, here's, here's one for you. I'm going the Warriors. And I think the Warriors probably only win like two or three games the rest of the year. But I think they're going to... I know they've got no front rowers. I know it makes no sense. But I feel like they're going to be galvanized when the first game or two happens. I'm going the Warriors there. Sharks, Tigers. I kind of want to see a team list, which is tomorrow. So that doesn't help. But the Sharks, a lot of injury clouds. I'm hoping the Tigers go Harry Grant at nine with uh, Adam Dewey at, at fullback. If they do that, I'm picking the Tigers. If not, I'll go the Sharks. Uh... Raiders Storm, it's in Melbourne, so I picked the Storm. Uh, Panthers, Knights, Knights. Panthers haven't got Nathan Cleary. I don't even know why the Panthers are favourites. I'll go the Knights there. And then Bulldogs, Seagulls. Seagulls, 47 plus <laughs> on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I think I had pretty much most of those. I, I'm not going Warriors, though. Oh, I'm definitely being insane with that one. Let's let's be honest. But like, I I think I went into our work today and I just circled the, whoever's versing the Warriors just for the rest of the year. Just <laughs> we'll just go with that. Yeah, it was like a couple of years ago. He's bet against the Knights every week. Don't be the idiot tempted into not betting against them. But I'm tempted this this these first two weeks. We'll see how we go. But I mean, it's one of those things. I've no, I now have zero idea how anyone's traveling. We've gone through the weirdest thing to happen in the world of sports. I have no idea how anyone's going to play next week now. See, my, my usual go-to at the start of tipping comps is just go like all home teams for the first few weeks because you usually come out of that okay. And, yeah. But we don't even have a home team advantage at this point either. So it's like, that's how much is that really going to matter? Exactly. I get like some teams are still playing in their home stadiums, like we are and the Cowboys are, and you know we know the lay of the land up at Suncorp. But it's like, yeah, Roosters at Bank West, Warriors at Central Coast, against Sharks at Bank West, Panthers at Campbelltown. And Sea Eagles at Central Coast, like that. None of that's home ground advantage. Like no one is going to care at all about this, but I reckon they should have gone to all of like, like how they're, they're playing games at Campbelltown. I think that's great because like it looks good on TV, even though it's going to be empty. Mm. They should just go to like small grounds in the middle of nowhere that just look good on TV, even though there's not going to be anyone there. And like you see Suncorp, it's just this massive stadium, and it's just going to be empty. Well, I did. Um, I did love some of those German clubs. Also, Borussia Mönchengladbach had um, sixteen or seventeen thousand cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. So, so it looked like rugby league live too. <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I love it. Let's do that. Uh, righto. From Brian Tunley, he says, uh, "Do we know how the Macca deal went down? Did the Knights cold call him, or did we shop him around?" I, I, I think so. This is not lifting any any kimono here but we've spoken about this before but Isaac Moses is the manager of our head coach 
the manager of a lot of our players, and he's the same with the Knights. He's the manager of, of uh, Adam O'Brien and the manager of uh, Shibasaki when Shibasaki ended up down there. And I, I think it's just one of those things that I knew the Knights were looking for a nine. Like, like I know people would have assumed the same thing when Bradley left, but I was speaking to my mate up there the other week, and he was telling me they were shopping around for a nine. And I made that joke that it would be McCulloch because of Moses to him and whatever. He didn't respond, but it's more so... It just feels like that's like an inside running thing. Like, it just... Adam O'Brien would speak to, to his agent and it would be like, oh, I've got, you know, McCulloch's got looking for opportunity and whatever. Figures out that way, kind of thing. It's a bit, and that's why I'm hoping we have a, a more of an avenue to dump players we don't want down at Newcastle now. It was anti-Isaac Moses last year, now huge Isaac Moses, Moses guy. Get him all down there. Uh, like, is there a rule against just paying Isaac Moses just to dump out crap players on other people? Like, I don't, that doesn't come under the cap. Just do that. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, other other good news. I don't know if someone asked us a question about it, but Milford unsurprisingly took up his player option. I mean, we've covered this a million times. It's never going to be his choice if he leaves our club. It'll be our choice if he leaves. So he took up the option and you know got his security for another year. But there, I would direct some journalists were dead at that day because it was like remember last year there was that one headline when um they wrote an article and it said. Milford top of Tigers hit list. All they said he was top of the hit list where they wanted to sign, and then Tigers fans thought they'd sign Anthony Milford. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> you always get like people bash Milford all year long, and then when there's like half a day a glimmer of hope that they might sign him, you get people's real thoughts. You're like, oh, what a great signing! Yeah, he's be fantastic. We'll turn him around. Whatever, whatever. The one that the one that I liked was Wayne Bennett because he was linked to about every Sydney club for a bit. Yeah. And every every person on Twitter was like, "Yeah, we could we could make Wayne Bennett work. You know, we could be a good team." Um, <laughs> radio uh, from Matt Weston. What have you guys been consuming your time with in isolation? Oh, this is good. We're going to get to recommendation station later. But might as well might as well just do it now. That's it. Well, um, I've had a lot of my 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 day job, obviously sitting at my desk at home, working from home, has consumed that. My missus is over here now, living with me. And uh, that's been a lot of my spare time, which is obviously a good thing. But we can't just, you know, sit and stare at each other the whole time. <laughs> uh, so we've been watching some TV, obviously. Uh, the one, last series we did, we did just finish. We just finished The Americans. Uh, and that, if you don't know what that's about, that's about... It's based on a true story very loosely, but the story is about during the Cold War, uh, Russian... Uh, they call them illegals, but they sent Russian spies over to America who were to send information back to the KGB, but they were to do, you know, it's all that uh, espionage and similar uh, to six seasons of that. And the, the real events only happened like the last decade and the people that got sent back. What happened in that family is that the, there were a family of Russians moved over here, had kids born in America. So not over here, moved to America. The kids were born in America. Kids were raised as Americans, didn't know their parents were Russian spies. They got caught. You know, when the when the t- the kids were teenagers and they got sent back to Russia, but the kids got sent back to Russia having never like spoken a word of Russian in their life because their parents weren't allowed to speak Russian because everyone was supposed to believe they were spies. But anyway, those kids ended up back in. They won a legal battle somehow. Ended up back in America as American citizens now. But yeah, it's based on that. And it's, it's that. Watch that. I recommend that. It's there's season one is pretty average. Seasons five kind of sucks, but the rest is pretty good. So I recommend that. Um, well, I've been watching, I've watched most of this, you haven't even watched this at all, but The Last Dance I've enjoyed, um, with pretty much all of the world, so I don't know how helpful that recommendation is. <laughs> um, but even like, I'm not really a basketball fan at all, 
and I've really enjoyed it. Like, it's just interesting to see see a lot into that. And I, uh, Scottie Pippen's a better basketballer than Michael Jordan anyway, so, you know, people can do with that what they want. Um, <laughs> I, I've actually, I built a, you know this, but I built a computer recently for, well, computer gaming mainly, but I've been playing a lot of Terraria. So if anyone plays computer games, get on that because the last update came out. And the other thing I've been watching a lot of is just Kansas City Chiefs because Pat Mahomes is a baller. So <laughs> You're a Chiefs fan now. Oh, it's so close. It's really close. And that's the other um, thing I've been doing, yeah. I've been making dynasty trades on a daily basis in uh, Simo's dynasty uh, Superflex League you set up. <laughs> yeah, well, I have been just kind of staring at my team list all day going, how can I make this better? Because this is a disaster. Um, <laughs> trade regret, but- uh, no, it's not regret because I honestly, like if you offered me that same trade that we did again, I'd do it every single other time. It's more draft regret for like taking Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I did, um, I did warn you, but you know, sometimes you know you can lead a, lead a guy to water. But, oh, know. I just did like <laughs> zero reading before the draft and didn't realize that all the QBs I drafted were going to be backups this year. Yeah, to be um, honest, I would have, Jack, Jamis Winston, I just, I, I, who, we didn't know Tom Brady was going to end up there. It was rumour, but like I still thought it was an okay pick because like, he scores a bazillion fantasy points. But it turns out you've got to actually be playing to, uh, to score, to score points. points. Yeah, the shattering. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, NFL Games Pass is free at the moment if anyone's a fan and doesn't know that. So you can get on there and watch some Pat Mahomes. And that's, that's a lot of fun. So it's a lot less depressing than watching the Bengals. Mm. Um... Uh, last question here, uh, second last actually. Can you uh, from Brad Duncan? Can you confirm Ben Teo is signed? I wish I could confirm it, and uh, I know there's a lot of questions about how he's how he would go. But man, I'm stoked if by that. Just get, it's like the most perfect situation to just bring an old boy back again. Just like how McCulloch isn't actually, even though I'm, I'm happy to have our club, it's not the worst deal for the Knights because they just had a problem, they needed to feel a hole there. But for at, at the Broncos, our forward depth isn't as good as we think it is. If you, like as I said, it's not as deep as we think it is. We saw that the first two rounds this year. Like, we were looking at when Lodge and Panga are out, we are looking at who the hell is stepping into the, onto the bench next game. But anyway, I love the idea of him. I don't know how good he is anymore at rugby league because he's 33 and he's been playing union forever and he's just, we just in, went to Japan for retirement money. But I just want to see him shoulder charge somebody's face off and get suspended for 10 weeks. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I'm signing up for and I'm stoked about it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty keen to see him come back. And again, yeah, not sure at all how we'll do. Uh, lastly, on Facebook from Dave Butler, he said, one play to win the game, who do you want, Darren Lockyer or Aaron Rodgers? Darren Lockyer? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Packers fan, but I think I'd take Lockyer too. I just... Um, oh, that That's two very tough ones to answer, one play to win the game. But I've just seen... I don't, I've seen Lockyer do that particular thing more. I've seen Rodgers do some absolute, you know, again, some massive miracles we just said to get it done. But uh, I've certainly seen that one done a little bit more. Yeah, Lockie has done it for every team he's played into. Like, he's done it for Queensland. He's done it for Australia. Done it for Brisbane. That's it. And It's, uh, it's definitely, that's his thing. And there's a lot more ways that a player can um, can be tested in, in that regard in, in, in rugby league. And then what Rodgers can be tested, if you get me. Rodgers is just... Every every last second win is done in a similar fashion. Yeah, it's just you know get your eye line to buy some time and bomb it downfield <laughs> eighty yards. Like, yeah, there's 
like obviously you've got to throw it that far and you know not every if everyone could do it everyone would be doing it like you got to be good to do it but in the end it is just throw it as far as you can and hope your teammate catches it yeah whereas Lockyer has won games in our lifetime in many different ways and I'll talk just the iconic wins you know as you said 2006 intercept world very aware of an origin made that play 2008 play sorry nine play against the eels we all know the chip across Denning Kemp, massive one. Field goal against the Titans, hitting every part of the upright, wins us that game. You know, 2006 Tri-Nations final, support play, wins the game that way. Like, there's such, so many strings to the Darren Lockyer clutch bow, and there's so many strings to that bow that even bloody old mate Bitter Gus Gould was happy to call Darren Lockyer the clutchest player of all time. You know, even he said it. Yeah. Righto. Over on to Twitter then from Friday Night FB. Given that he's been playing in... Sorry, I'll start again. Given that he's been playing there in international rugby, what are the odds of T.O. replacing Boyd in the centres, assuming he signs as expected? I think low. T.O. was like sneaky fast, like low-key fast when he was back at the Broncos when he played lots of centre. Like That's like 10 years ago, but inside centre and union, and in the centres and union, it's just not the same thing as playing centres in, in league. It's just not. Like, you know, Sam Burgess was an inside centre when he was playing playing union. He's not, he was going to come out here, or maybe he could replace Boyd in the centre, considering Boyd's uh, lack of mobility. But I think he's come to to be a bench back row or a, even a bench middle potentially. Yeah, well, I don't watch a whole heap union, but it seems that more people are the second rowers in league go and play centre over in in union. So I don't know if, especially too, like we don't centre's the hardest spot to defend in. Or one of the, the most important spots to defend in league. I, I don't know if I'd really want him there. But as you said, boys there at the moment, so it can't get much worse. That's it. Jared underscore S. Can we get a Ben Teo Memorial podcast? <laughs> uh, King Wally one. Shag Mary Kill. Lodge Boyd Seabold. Oh. I mean, I'll bullet Boyd. That's not even... I'll do that first. That wasn't the question. The, the other question here was like, am I really going to say I'm going to marry Matt Lodge? <laughs> well. <laughs> am I really going to say that? I've already killed Boyd. I'm not marrying Seabold. So it's kind of just like <laughs> eliminations we've got here. Um, That's what I thought too. Exactly the same spot. Uh, yeah, right. From Mr. Underscore S888. Now that Tio is on the verge of a comeback, when do we sign Carmichael Hunt? Oh, I, that would just be, that would be the best. Man, there's a guy who could be a bench middle too, mate. Well, that's one thing over the break when I watched some of those old Origin games when Kamaka Hunt decides he's the hitman at halfback. What a just game. Just coming out and taking names, just smacking people. So good. It's <laughs> so damn good. Um, I was watching too, some people were chatting on Twitter today about, it's like 2016, uh, Whiten at fullback. Hmm. And man, he was putting on some hits too, just like smacking Ray Thompson around the park. Uh, Mr. Unscore S, Triple Eight again. He said, it's okay, so we've been sceptical of Siebes in the last 18 months. He's offloaded Maguire, Nicarima, McCulloch as major weaknesses in the team. Other than Boyd, who else do we need to shed to improve? I just want to mention one thing, by the way. I just looked up T.O.'s apparent current weight. He's apparently 106 kilos still right now. So that is firmly, at his at his size, firmly a forward. And he's been inside centre avenue anyway. Okay, so who else we need a bullet in our team? I don't think we have many players left to bullet up out of the obvious Darius Boyd. Brody Croft. <laughs> so, oh, if I had to, the next player I'd be letting go of, I've been over this one, Joel Hangarway, just due to his contract and, and our needs. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that one too. Oh, we just both missed. We're both idiots. Jack Bird, we're idiots. Yeah, I don't know how we forgot that one. But yeah, that's that's the obvious one there. Yeah, I like how we say there's not much th- uh, fat to trim and then we just named like over $2 million worth of player or something. King Wally again, he said, can you please describe in detail your reactions when you first heard the McCulloch Newcastle news? I feel like you. I feel like Wally should know this, but I went full Gronk on Twitter as I haven't been for a while. It felt like winning a game, and it, it's something like I haven't had that feeling before when a player left. But it was just one of those very rare, surprisingly good departures. You just don't get to do those. Um, yeah, for me, it reminded me of like a tiny bit of like a diet free Hodjo night on Twitter. I don't remember if you remember that one I when Hodjo was at the judiciary before the grand final and like. All Broncos fans just came together as one. It was like that Cooper Cronk quote where it's like every sinew of our body came together and we were just sledging Knights fans for signing Andrew McCulloch. Uh, that's how yeah, I just topped on Twitter and was just gronking it up with that. Yeah, and then and then Knights fans at night are actually happy about it. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Uh, oh, here we go. Here's, here's something. Chris Gary finally put out that tweet. He says he can reveal that he's set to sign a multi-year deal with the Bulldogs. But here's the great quote. McCulloch, McCulloch is part of the dog's plan to bring quality characters to the club. They're chasing good humours as much as good footballers. <laughs> well. Ah, uh, yes. The good humans ladder. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Uh, Danny Boy, 1995. Thoughts on young Pakes? Assume he comes onto the bench as 14 now. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get that 14 jersey, but he might after a few weeks. Um, I know, like... Big club has big wraps on him. That maybe turning him into a fourteen. You know, played there with Redcliffe last year, and he's I think South. He's supposed to play with South Logan this year to play, to make a com, form his combination with Tom Dearden. But I think that that's obviously all falling away with Queensland Cup not being played right now. But I think we'll see him a few games at least, just because you know if he's not playing first grade, he's currently not playing football at any point because of where the, where the year's gone. So he might get a few games in fourteen. But um, I'm just happy that we we're like moved on from an, a known bad hooker. Like we, We're a club, and we've, we've covered this so many times over the years of doing this podcast. We haven't had a good hooker almost ever. Like For all the good, all the greats we've had, all the 300 gamers we've had, all the rep players and all levels we've had, we've really never had good hookers. And I'm just ready to yeah, let's just give someone else a crack. Jake Turpin looks like a good short-term one, at least. But I'm bit, Corey Pakes, from what I've seen, looks like a really good talent. So I'm ready to see what he's got. And off the bench, you know, as a 14, it's pretty easy to look good. You know, we had Nick Arimo, like a superstar there for like two years. It's a much easier role for a young fellow than a McCulloch because he might come on and bring some juice. I'm just, yeah, keen to see what he can do if he, if he gets a run there. Uh, lastly here from you and Thomas, he wants to, he's asking about your tips, which you've already gone through. Um, and then he said, would T.O. or Quade Cooper strengthen our team if we ended up signing one? Who would you rather it be? Okay, I, I love Quade Cooper. Not, you know... I did, sorry, but uh, no. I um not quite. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking To first, but I I didn't even watch heaps of Union back then, but I've watched so many hours of Quade Cooper highlights on YouTube. But yeah, yeah I'm taking Ben To. Yeah, I mean, Quade Cooper's one of those guys. I can I compared him with Carl Spencer. It's the same thing. I toured New Zealand like ten years. No. Fuck, I'm old. It's like 13 years ago now, 14 years ago now when I was footy on the way up. I toured New Zealand and we got to train with the Canterbury Crusaders once and then the Auckland NPC team another day. And training with the Auckland NPC team, 
Carlos Spence, who was throwing cutout passes from one corner flag, sorry, flick passes behind his back from one corner flag, trying to hit the other corner flag rather than doing training. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool that Quade Cooper can throw a flick pass, like an NFL pass, 40 yards, you know, on, on Instagram. But can he do something that actually makes him good in the footy field or what? You know? uh, yeah, I, but things like that, like seeing that, is it's just amazing. Like, people watch professional athletes do things and when they stuff up, they go, oh, I can do better than that. But, like, these guys are just completely on another level. Like in every part of the physical like yeah. experience, like there's like when Steve Smith the other day just jogged that half marathon at like Olympic pace, pretty much. You know, like I mean, I always knew cricketers were like the, some of the fittest athletes in the world, but that's ridiculous. That one. Yeah, no, those, those are the thing. Those are the things. The other level, like Quade Cooper, obviously is an athletic talent. Is miles ahead of myself, me or you, but he's got that Bryce Carter in the game that I couldn't defend him. Defending in rugby league, you know, I couldn't say that happening very well. But yeah, you watch them do those kind of things, and it's like, oh yeah, this is your like mess around stuff, and you can throw a flick pass 40, 50 yards, someone on the run. Well, screw you, I can't hit the bin from six meters. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the last one. Okay, sweet. Okay, that's all the questions. We've done recommendation station as well. I reckon we should just cover one thing quickly in that. We did mention that in the C-League, and I may, we may as well talk about it, because we're going to talk about it when the podcast is happening later in the year. So I'd, in this Dynasty League, if you don't know what Dynasty NFL is, or Superflex Leagues are, I don't know, sports fans know this stuff by now. If you don't, whatever, deal with it. So we did a startup draft. Simo organised this 12-team Dynasty League, half PPR, Superflex. Um, Simo organised this, and we did a startup, and I got the second position in the draft. So I took Pat Mahomes there, Whatever, I got him then, and then immediately, midway through the draft, Simo asked, off, offers me half of his team and all of his draft picks pretty much for, <laughs> for the homes, mid-draft. And it's too soon to do that, you know, from my perspective. I can't make that move at that point, like, you know, I don't even know what the draft picks are, what they, where they're going to land, but we'll get late, a few weeks later, the rookie draft happens, and what, what move, oh, you made, you traded up to get Because I took, I took Gronk. This was the first part of the trade. I took Gronk with my 37th pick, like my last round pick, just on a flyer that he'd come back because I was like, yeah, I, I just, I honestly thought he'd come back. Mm. And um, and then we got a Pat's homer in the league. So I traded him <laughs> and like 207 for like two, his next two first round picks. But like, I, don't, I can't remember if I told you this. I just wanted to do a straight trade Gronk for his next first. Yeah. But he wanted into the... Because he didn't take any rookie picks until, like, real late on in the draft. Yeah. So he wanted into that. So I was like, okay, I'll swing you the 207 for a first. And he's like, righto. So I got two firsts out of it, which helped me get... So I think in the end, I traded you my first, his two firsts, 102 in the rookie, 105 in the rookie, and my second. That's it. Pat. And, and, but you just traded... The, the one regret you had was, like, we got... You'd, off, you'd offered me a few things over the weeks for him, and it was... It was just too early for me to trade him, not knowing where all the picks and things lied. But then you uh, you went, you went, you traded up in the draft. You took Tua, and then you, and then you took I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Then you took J.K. Dobbins, like one hundred and five or similar. I can't remember exactly. And then um, you float the um, <laughs> yeah. like like the like, oh you know just seeing just checking like would have you taken this? And you kind of thought obviously thought I was going to say no. You sent me an offer, and I was like. 
or yeah, I would have before you made your draft picks, but you made your picks and you fucked it. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you had to throw another second here, but essentially, yeah, we made that massive trade. So now it's kind of going to be a thing with me and Simo this year that um, Mahomes, Mahomes watch is on, but he's also on Clyde Woods Hilaire watch. <laughs> he's on my side that uh hard in on the Prince of Hell Air. Um so you've signed up people. I'm sorry, this is like when Game of Thrones thing happened. You've all signed up unintentionally for Dynasty Chat. <laughs> for I mean, if people weren't interested in Game of Thrones before, they're certainly gonna be interested in <laughs> our Dynasty League that like three people that listen to this podcast play in. Um so that's, that's it's just top podcasting right there. But there will be lots of updates of Clyde Edwards Hilaire as we just go on and on about how right we are on him and how wrong Danny is. So <laughs> shout out to Daddy. But yeah, um, so the trade was eventually it was Tua I got and J.K. Dobbins plus two future first and a second, isn't it? That's what it is. Three it? future first. Three future first and a second. Well. That's it. That's it. Uh, um, but that's it. You know, big trade for. But you know, you got to take the big boom. I feel like movers and shakers, mate. We neither of us are sitting on the sidelines like cowards. Well, that's like. It's a big deal, but even like if they got offered to me again, I think I'd still do that again. Yeah, and so would I, because I've obviously, as you know, I'm not going to go through all those, but I've turned the things I got from you into more things. Yeah. Which has been good. Like, yeah, so, in a few chats. Should we talk about the game that's coming up? <laughs> the Chiefs game, it's a bit away, but we can. It is, yeah. The, 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 the Eels game, we'll get to that. Why not? <laughs> we'll do that quickly when we get out of here. So there's no team list yet. But we are playing the Parramatta Eels on Thursday night at uh, Suncorp Stadium. And obviously the stadium doesn't really matter that much now. But it's our first of four Thursdays in a row. But from then on, we got to, I don't mind our draw from then on. Like, you know, I know many other Broncos fans are the same. I'm sick of Thursday night footy. We've got the first four. But then there's going to be two more the rest of the year. A few Saturdays, a few Fridays, which is good. But we've got the Eels now. In terms of both teams, like it looks like we might both be full strength bars with Pangai. Like Matt Lodge is rumored to to have recovered from his injury. Uh, Reid Marnie is rumored to have recovered from his uh, foot fracture. Is uh, to be playing, and obviously we've got Brody Croft had his shoulder, and he should be back fit. So it looked to be two two fully fit sides heading into it, and uh, I actually think it's I don't know I don't know what it is, but I think I've, I've had such a big break in footy that I haven't thought enough about how how down I was on us. I actually think we're going to win and do it quite comfortably. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid now. Yeah, I, I honestly just have no idea how this game's going to go. I, like, people oh. people can bring up 58-0 like it's going to be anything like that. It's not going to be anything like that. That's about the only thing I'm confident of. I think it'll be a lot closer, but who, who really knows? Like, Parramatta looked good their first two weeks. They didn't verse the greatest opposition in the world either, though, but... I didn't. Uh, my dumbass also just—I just, just realised—I just forgot um, that Fafita is obviously injured for the next like three weeks, I think. So he's out and Pang guys out. So uh, Jamal Hopwadi will play on the right edge with Alex Clem on the left. But uh, but I still think—I know that's a big loss. Fafita is still a big loss. But I think we've still got enough ca- good cattle left in the side to, to beat them. And I think I think that early on this this home this game might be an advantage after the quarantine break. I don't know exactly what the travel has been like for the Eels or what it will be like to get a Brisbane, but I feel like it is kind of like obviously all being out of team out of routine. I feel like the, for the first game being at home, you mentioned this earlier in a different section. I think the first game being at home is a bigger advantage as teams get used to what the new world is. Yeah, I think that's definitely. Yeah, it's just odd for everybody. Nothing's nothing's new. Or, uh, sorry, nothing's the same at this point. Everything's new. 
That's it. And I don't even know exactly how the eels are getting to Brisbane if it's if they drove up or it's flying up or similar. But either way, all I know is it's going to be different to what it's what they used to. And I think like a lot of this too is going to be similar to like round one. Like round one, yo, you know the Storm are always super prepared for round one, coming off preseason. Dragons usually start hot. Like it's kind of just that all over again. Really, it's but even a bit weirder because obviously people have been at home doing workouts by themselves and you know i can guarantee some of these people aren't doing workouts you know some people are just probably at home eating fast food like me um so it's, it's gonna be interesting when they all show up and get the skin fold test on day one in pre-season yeah how, yeah. how that goes yeah oh sammy thiday's already been pushing something ridiculous can you i mean this is not warriors talk but can you imagine if they actually got him well it's like yeah let's get sam thiday and paul gallon in yeah, like what a good idea this is. That that would just be a disaster. Yeah, I mean they're not again. Thankfully, they're not that stupid, and thankfully that the loan thing is going to happen for them. And some player they're getting offered some players around the league. So um, thank God that's happening because at least like I think they're still going to come last, obviously. But at least something like they're going to be more interesting. This being that injured shit team, they're getting loan players at least. You know. Yeah, I mean getting loan players like. Getting players that aren't making other teams first grade sides, you're not going to be better than those first grade sides. So it's not. I don't see them doing much all year, but yeah, better than playing just That's terrible it. and out of position and everything. So, got so someone. I don't know if this is true, but someone has tweeted me that McCulloch might be signing for four years. He's going to be dead before that. Like you're kidding me. Well, they're gonna they're gonna guarantee that he gets that 400 game mark pretty much, aren't they? Like. He's two hundred sixty on now, and he's he's not he's old. Like, well, he's not old, old, but he ain't young. Like, what is he? He's thirty now. He's 30. They can't be doing four years. Still. Someone have to have to have read that wrong somewhere. There's no, they they're not that stupid. He'd be we, thirty. Well, end of this year, he'll be thirty-one. Yeah, so they can't be He'd dumb be enough to be 30, doing that. Thirty-five at the end of that four-year deal. They, yeah, they can't be doing that. It just they can't they can't be. <laughs> that can't be right. I don't know. They could. Bulldog, bulldogs are known for like fantastic front office decisions. Yeah, it's just like it's one of those. Cl- just like people mentioned, it's like when the Knights blamed Wayne. It's like there's only someone they can blame Des for. But this is get this is ridiculous. Like to wait all that time and apparently have a war chest, and then you're like, oh, Andrew McCulloch and the return of Josh Reynolds. That's um, that's going to be what kicks our club to the next level. So he's got, he's played two hundred and sixty matches. Yeah, but if he, if he plays eighteen more this year, yeah, but so he would that would be then say he can get to two eighty. Oh, he yeah. can't even get to two eighty really. Two seventy two, yeah. And then if you say twenty five games a season, he could get to like three eighty. I don't. I, that's without any injuries and even playing a couple finals games. I don't no, see him getting four hundred. Good. Good. Good news. Yeah. God, oh there you go, bloody Andrew McCulloch. Well, looks like it'd be another. I, I was I was going to be surprised how he played last year. I was, you know, when he was younger, I thought he was a guaranteed three hundred gamer because even though I didn't love him at the Broncos, he had the two years I liked him at the Broncos. It were two of the Wayne years, but younger I didn't love him at the Broncos. But I thought he'd be good enough just to hang around the traps long enough to play three hundred. But you asked me in the last year, I would have, like guaranteed you he wasn't playing three hundred games, and how wrong I am. Well. Well, also this too, at the start of his career, his first year he only played three, but then 26, 21, 26, 25, and 24 games. 
that's all like a lot. But then after that, he's got a 23, a 21, 18, 22, and 22. That's playing finals as well in pretty much all of those. Like, he's getting more injured as he goes on. He is. And if you ask the Broncos fan, top of their head, you know, how many games did he play the last couple of years, they probably wouldn't even guess it was that many. No, it seems like he's not played that many, but obviously he has. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, just again, he's getting more niggles and more injury prone. And yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them having the plan for fast service. Not our problem now, anyway. Just that's what I'm happy about. I don't give, like, same thing when people, Knights fans, already adding me that Shibasaki was good in the first two games. I don't give a shit. I hope he's great for you guys. He wasn't good for us. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, if he's not good for you, I, I wouldn't care if he's going, like, cooking eggs in China or something. Like, it's, if he's not in my hey, team, I'm happy. They turn him into an awesome player. That's great. He's a Queenslander. I hope they do. But like, I don't give I don't give a shit if he's good for you. He wasn't good for us, and there's no spot for him at our club. So fuck, I couldn't care less. Pretty much. Yep. That's it. Okay. Anyway, anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here, Simo? Nah, don't think so. That's good. Well, we it's good to be back, and uh, hopefully we can be back in, in good spirits still after uh, after Thursday night. I was looking up stats before, just on Rugby League Project. You know Nathan Brown has the worst winning percentage of a night, all Knights coaches? Yes, I do know that. I just, it was oh, an inter- interesting stat. We did get asked a weird question. I didn't no, I think, I think it got deleted. I oh, did it. We tell someone, okay, we'll ignore it then. If it got deleted, we'll just let it go to the keeper about Nathan Brown. Yeah, I I couldn't see it, and I refreshed the page a couple of times. I, so I think it just got deleted. If it didn't, I don't know what's happened. I can't see it. If it didn't, okay. Someone asked us similar to grade, um, grade Nathan Brown not on him his winning percentage, and it's like, so you uh, grade a coach not on his coaching. What? <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what you want a coach to do. Let's not win games, but good yeah, on no, there. What, what are we doing here? And, and I mean, even whole, you know, most of the half half smart Knights fans have realised that they were wrong. Like I think LV's the only one now that's not off night off Nathan Brown. Like I everyone didn't say else, half smart. I did really now. So, right, my bad. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's all right. He's blocked me, so he can't actually hear me talking in this. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But I think they all, well, I think they all realised like immediately round one and round two when the team was like actually yeah good. Like, oh had... wait, we had all these players and they're good now. Yes, yeah. what's happened? Yeah. <laughs> What changed? I don't know what changed every off season. I had um when I was going to talk about Nathan Brown, I went and found that you remember that Reddit post from an NRL player that was like the average week in the NRL? Yes. And I mean in the comments they've kind of tried to figure it out and people think it's Dan Hunt, but he obviously never confirmed that. But just the bit where he goes, he answered like a bunch of random questions and someone was like, worst coach. And he's like, Nathan Brown, good bloke, terrible coach, too much of a mate, needs to have authority, which lost him a lot of respect. And it just reminded me too, like when when he like got sacked from the Knights and like they'd ask Kalen Ponga and he's like, yeah, I'm having a thick shake. I'm having a strawberry thick shake. Like no one cares for him. Like not one person at that Knights team likes the bloke. That's it, mate. There was no no one pouring any out when he left. They, like that, that, that was it. And- I don't know how people can't read the tea leaves past the media and the apparent recruitment whiz he is, because he's not a recruitment whiz. Again, if you're giving me five years and don't have to win any games, I can sit there on my hands and wait till David Clement wants more money. I can do that. <laughs> That's easy. I can, like, I can guarantee you could give me any side in the NRL and I could win at least one game a season coaching them. But anyway, like, yeah, it's just 
they, no one up there poured any out without him, and I know that they're better off with it, without him there. Imagine basing your whole coaching strategy on being everyone's best mate and then no one actually liking you. That's just got to be a real hit to the self-esteem. That is, that's a tough one. Caelan <laughs> <laughs> Ponga literally prefers a strawberry thick shake over you, like over you, coach. Yes. The bloke that, that paid, the bloke that made him rich, and he's like, "Nah, I prefer my <laughs> strawberry thick shake." <laughs> I got my priorities sorted. <laughs> Uh, I mean, strawberry's not even the best flavour, so and he still prefers a strawberry thick shake. That was concerning. Actually, I took the missus last night for her first ever Macca's um, thick shake because, we, again, we were so hungover, we went for hungover Macca's breakfast at like 11pm <laughs> rather than in the morning that had a first vanilla Macca's thick shake. And I hadn't had one in a while either, and God, they're good. Vanilla, vanilla is the best flavour of thick shake from McDonald's. I've not had a coffee one. People tell me they're good, but vanilla is the best. I haven't tried a coffee one either, but the chocolate ones, I always found that they were kind of weirdly chocolatey. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a... Ma- like, I like chocolate, but I'm not... You know, some people just go overboard for chocolate. Yeah, I'm not that yeah, guy. I'm not that. I'm a vanilla malt milkshake man, but, but, you know... Yeah, I do. Born and raised. <laughs> I love I love malt in my vanilla thick shake. And Emily hates malt, so it's like, if I put malt in my thick shake, Emily's not touching it. Well, and, that's good. Um, macadamia ice cream from Baskin Robbins. If ever we go there, I just get macadamia because Emily doesn't like that as well. That's good. That's so, good. Yep. That's, yeah, it the, works um, out for me. That's it. Mac is the vanilla one is by far top tier. Maybe I'll get a chocolate coffee one soon. But strawberry one's just okay. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you want a, a change of pace and you go for a subpar flavor, but that's yeah, that's all right. And that's but that's when you realise you made a, a mistake and you know why you stick with the greatest. You're like, oh, we tried that. That was fucking shit. That's don't, terrible. <laughs> don't do that again. If you don't have low lows, your high highs aren't high. So you need the strawberry to go with the vanilla. Exactly right. And that's why we need to almost miss the finals once and come eighth and to make us humble, Simo, because we're both obviously very humble men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, let's get out of here. Yeah. So um, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Righto, see ya.